In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Hello, Amy. Um, I was just thinking about like a weird situation that this week's movie m- makes me consider, which is, do you have you seen a movie where like everything is right and yet the movie is bad? Yeah. I mean, I totally. I guess this one is definitely that situation. Um, yeah. Meaning, like, so everything is right, like, there's no, there's good actors, there's good production value, that, mm-hmm. and, but then it just, like, falls flat, the movie just doesn't yes. work. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of movies that fall into that category. Yeah, that's probably right, but I guess I just haven't seen one that so best exemplifies this weird, like, um, yeah. oppositional nature where you're like all of the things about this suggest it, it would be, be good. good and right because usually I think when it's like when it's like acting good production good I think the thing that usually makes it bad is like the writing is bad right, right. so like I was just watching part of a movie that it's like one of those movies where literally every famous person of that time was in it oh sure but the story is just like so like hit your head on the table like want to die (laughs) were you watching the expendables or something no i was watching he's just not that into you (laughs) oh yeah that is a bad one you're right that's a good example yeah 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 so but this one is not quite that because i don't actually think the writing is bad no particularly no like the i think what it is is that the fundamental premise is yeah. so fucked that <laughs> it it the whole thing kind of just doesn't just falls apart work yeah yeah um, totally although i will say like it <laughs> i will say it is for the lead actor and we'll we'll obviously reveal what we're talking about in just a second the lead actor i do think it was a good vehicle for him oh for sure i he, i wrote multiple times he did a good job i was like he's doing great fucking acting I mean, truly, because I really, though I definitely had my moments where I was confused about, like, which, what was happening and who he was being in that moment, it was mostly very, very clear. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I have questions. Like, we'll get to it when we talk about it. So anyway, (laughs) should we say what we're talking about? Because it's hard to talk about without. Yeah, do it. So we are talking about... um, the movie that I enjoyed as a child that I remembered. You were a strange kid. (laughs) 
I know. <laughs> Why did I like this movie? It's very strange now. Um, so it's from 1996. The movie is Multiplicity, starring Andy McDowell and Michael Keaton. Correct. Among other people, a lot of people that I recognized. And p- everybody you know. Like, lots of really good actors Literally are in this. every, like, tertiary person that wasn't just, like, a straight-up extra, I was like, hey, that person. Yeah. There was definitely a note, wait, oh, one of my notes in one of the scenes was, that other guy, exclamation point. Like, I knew him yeah. immediately, was but he I the didn't... Guy who was, was he the guy who was the principal from Dawson's Creek? He was the guy who was Michael Keaton's boss. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I was like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, and then there was, like, the other lady who was, like, some other, I can't, I really can't remember lady. who she was. Yeah. I can't remember who she was even supposed to be, but I was like, oh, she's from A League of Their Own. Like, oh, there was just. Yeah. Oh, she wasn't, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, and she Cusack. plays the illiterate, yes, exactly, she plays the illiterate one in. Oh, that is own. her, I totally forgot. Yes, you're right, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like so. Uh, it was definitely that type of movie, and maybe just because that genre, we happen to know all the people who were actors at that time. I don't know, like. Yeah, it was definitely a who's who of <laughs> people who were like in like of varying degrees of known in the mid nineties. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I have I have had this on our list of things to watch potentially. I think really since the beginning, like, cause I, I mean, I have yeah. a very long list. I'm sorry to say Amy of stuff that's Ugh. always kind of in the rotation for consideration. Yeah. And when I made that initial list, this was on it. Cause I was like, this is an obvious, like, it's so funny because I would not have thought of this as obvious. I mean, you know, cause let's, let's be real. The science part of it Oh, dubious. Dubious. Very brushed over. <laughs> yes. I mean, I even have questions where, like, I didn't, I may have, you know, zoned in and out here and there. But when we get to the multiples of multiples, mm-hmm. I feel that we stopped even going to the doctor to do that. And somehow <laughs> they just, like, were appearing. Yeah. Um, it's right. Yeah, that's right. So, so I enjoy <laughs> a science fiction movie where there's little to no science yeah and no space no aliens like it really is basically just a comedy correct yeah but like but the clone (laughs) enough enough uh, enough of a sci-fi to right the cloning thing is the reason it was on the list um but what and it's a big part of the movie right it's essential to the movie existing um but like what I learned while watching it again now as an adult um it's probably less about or it's definitely less about the ethics of cloning although there is probably some stuff we could get into there and a lot more about misogyny and male selfishness um So and it really is. There's and, some moments that were brutal. Yeah, and so just to really drive that home, the IMDb description of this movie is: a man who never has enough time for the things he wants to do is offered the opportunity to have himself duplicated. So it is from the jump a movie about a man who feels like his life isn't good enough, um, and not because and I think like. I don't know that he's like, oh, I just want to do better for my family or like I'm driven by greed. It's not any of that. It's like straight up. He just wants to play golf all the time. Yeah. And like, 
the thing is, I'm, I don't know if this movie exists, but do you think this movie would exist in the reverse? Like, if it were a woman being like, I can't do it all. I don't think it would. And if it did, it would literally be different. Yeah. <laughs> no, would, I'll tell you, this, this movie... The extra helping people or the extra people, clones, would be helping cleaning, helping cooking, right. doing the stuff that... Not that that's all that women do, but... Right. Well, you know, in this, this movie, that's how the labor <laughs> is divided. Yeah. Um, no, this does exist in reality. It's called having sister wives. I, yikes. Okay. Well, okay. Be, like, well, okay, beyond or, you know, short of that... But no, I take I take your point. Like, if you were... Because that is very popular now, is to do a gender reverse on, like, a classic movie and see yeah. what it would be like right i don't know if it would be as funny i think I it would just be like th- it i think would be more disgusting. women would just be like <clears throat> i just think more women would be like yeah i could use a helping hand that'd be great <laughs> no yeah because it's not revealing anything and that's actually the way that andy mcdowell's character is portrayed and like what she goes through um it's all uh, that has been the woman's reality is like how do i do all these things, right? right? Um, and and you know what the answer is, especially in the US? Who the fuck cares? Just fucking Just do, do it. it. You know? yeah, um, whereas a man is trying to do it for like two minutes and he's like, I need a clone and I and I have the wherewithal needs- to get one. <laughs> yeah. And cause like cause in that uh uh perception or from that viewpoint it's like I'm not having fun. Right. Like, I need to be, ha- I need to have some sort of, like, enjoyment or, like, I can't continue. I think women, <laughs> this is probably a gross generalization, but I think women um, maybe are just more resigned to the fact that life isn't fun. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the, because, like, I don't if know. A woman, I mean, that's the, just, like. No, the, that's true. Like, the motivating factor for why a woman would decide to clone herself would be for a very different reason. Like. I think so. Not just because of, like, whatever we think of as, like, real social pressures on women, but because in the movie, if it were just for this purely selfish reason, like this guy, people would be like, this woman's a bitch. Why is this movie? Right. You know, like. Um, yeah, and let's be honest. I'm not saying that like women are better than the and like men are trash because if I personally are you me, sure you're not saying that? <laughs> well, I'm not only because <laughs> only because if I had the choice to clone myself, it would be for very selfish reasons, and it would be <laughs> and it would be so that 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 clone could go. Well, actually, I'm not sure it would work out the way I would want it to. That clone would go do all the stuff I don't want to do. Like that clone would have to sit and answer emails all day and I could go do something I enjoyed. So for me, it would be like a self-enjoyment thing. Sure. But as we see, doing like the division of labor amongst these clones is also, I think, one of the fundamental problems as to like it's why there's conflict in this movie right um so let's just talk a little bit about this because i thought this was interesting so um this movie uh is based on a short story of the same name that appeared in national lampoon in 1993 by chris miller now i think that Mm. already explains a lot which is it's a magazine short story like there's just not a lot 
here to drive the narrative. So I assume they... Well, and also when I think (laughs) National Lampoon, I don't know, maybe I'm going to sound stupid now, but like when I think of that, I think of like the National Lampoon movies. Right. And they were also very... Sexist. Yeah. And I was going to say male-centric and, you know, anyway. Yeah, for sure. Now, I thought... What was really interesting about this is the context of thinking like when this comes out and what else was going on. So Mm. this was released in July of 1996. So it was clearly meant to be um, like a summer family comedy that ideally would perform fairly well box office wise because the budget was $45 million. Um, Holy crap. Well, I will say that the idea the effects, the were, effects good. were good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it only made $21 million. Yipes. So That's it is, not, it did not do, I, I can only, whatever they thought they were going to get off this movie, they did not get. And I think now. what's really interesting is it actually came out like the same weekend as The Nutty Professor. Um, oh, which is intriguing because it's like, a ve- I feel like I now, think of the them Nutty as... Professor count as sci-fi? Should I we watch al- that? I almost <laughs> think it does, but I can't fully remember. I think Flubber does too. I think we should yeah. watch Flubber too. Um, but you know, so that's the thing is like, think about it in this weird world of like wacky, like we're trying to make a family sci-fi rom-com something, something, you know? Yeah. Um, but the Nutty Professor, as we know, did super great and also still has Eddie Murphy playing multiple versions of himself, you know? So we have very similar in kind of structural ways things, but the nutty professor goes over like gangbusters and this movie fucking flushes down the toilet. Um, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm trying to, I haven't seen Nutty Professor in years. I don't think I've ever I, seen it. Actually, I'll put it on, oh, I'll wow. put it on the list now so I don't forget. I mean, I'm not sure you would like it. Oh, I guarantee the, I will not because I I know <laughs> what the clump situation is and all and about. Not, and it's not quite, the, well, yeah, I guess they are, that, they're in that. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm the pretty sure they are because then they get their own movie after. You're right. You're right. Okay. So it's also, hmm. It's also not one that could not be done now. Um, it, it's very dated in terms of um, any type of body positivity, let's oh. say. Oh, right, because it's where he makes himself skinny. I think, right? Isn't that it, what isn't it, it is? Wait a minute. Is it I like the so. same as the coolifying machine in Family Matters where Stephen so. Urkel becomes Stefan or Cal? I think it is. It's similar. It's like, he okay. get, yeah, I do. I Dope. think that it, you're right. Okay. I kind of forgot. <laughs> But I think that's right. I mean, um, I do think now we must have it. I've added it to the list. So we'll get to it. But I do think point. in general why that one may have hit versus this one. Besides, like, you know, the stories are both kind of, like, Whatever. interchangeably silly. Yeah. But I do think that Eddie Murphy at that time was still like a bigger draw than probably Keaton, to be yeah. honest I don't yeah. know like yeah I mean definitely so and I, I mean while both sound as though they're motivated by a man's um ego and selfishness I think perhaps what really sets this one apart is like and I was thinking this one as I was watching and then two while I was doing the official outline Normally in movies like this, the character arc is that the character who's the protagonist learns a lesson. (laughs) And I don't Mm. think, I'm going to, my thesis is he doesn't learn a lesson in this. 
I agree. I and agree. I don't know he, from like, that professor, like, if Eddie Murphy learns a lesson, then... Oh, I can't recall, but you know. I, I have a high suspicion he doesn't. But, <laughs> but I do not recall. No, this one I definitely think, which, you know, maybe some movies do this too, that where, like, the lesson is a little bit surface. It's like... Sure. Oh, he fixed the house, so yeah. now it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Like spoiler that, alert. Mm, oh, sorry guys. He fixes the house at the end of the movie. And that's all he learned um, to do. That's what he learned was that he needs to fix the house. Right. But like I, I don't know if that's like the crux of whatever their problems were. No, you know? it definitely like, isn't. It isn't. Yeah. Um now just to round things out. Just to really drive home how how little um, this movie really meant to people. On Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> the general feeling of the room, and this is a quote from Rotten Tomatoes, says, This high concept experiment only proves that a comedy actually can have too much Michael Keaton. Burn. <laughs> that, like, is... that is some shade, like, oof, my God. That is, that is some shade and a burn all at once. That is... And you know what? I disagree with that. Because no, I don't think I the think problem... Michael Keaton was the best part. No, like, him, like I said. That, like the scenes where he's all just yes, himself. He I acted mind. the shit out of... He acted the shit out of this movie. And that was not the problem. So. The problem was that no. the fucking story was fucked, as I've said. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway... Agreed. And it doesn't also, I think, in comparison to something like A Nutty Professor, not that we're talking about The Nutty Professor, but... Like, even, like, that. I think Nutty Professor was more exciting to kids. Like, even though mm, I liked this mm-hmm. movie as a kid. Like, no, I kids like are some, not prominent in this movie. Not really. No, and, and, like, even, like, the little gags of the four of them together are, like, actually pretty short-lived in terms yes. of, like, the, of the movie as a whole. Yeah. And really, like, kids don't want to go see a, a movie about marital problems. They do not. Like, they do like, not. So I just think the audience was really, yeah, not yeah, you're right. As wide as what it would be for Nutty Professor, because you see the pre- like previews for that, it's like wacky, it's yeah. goofy. It's like, oh, that's definitely for kids. This one's more like we I don't, don't know. know, yeah, we don't know what yeah. this is, yeah. Um, so in terms of the cast, which again is just like hit after hit of people. <laughs> Um, and it's just so depressing and everyone's doing a great job, which is why it's like, ugh, it's too bad. This doesn't work. But so, um, Doug Kinney is played by Michael Keaton, who was 45 when this movie came out. Um, he looked great. He looked great. (laughs) Um, it looked like he probably had been lifting some weights. Uh, (laughs) but also I think this is post Batman. So maybe he kind of like got a little bit more cut by that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought it was, so we don't really need to talk about his roles or, like, anything like we normally do. Because everyone we've, everyone in this you've seen and you know who it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did think it was interesting that his actual name is Michael John Douglas. Um, and when he started doing oh. acting in the 70s, he was like, I've got to change my name because there's Michael Douglas. So he can't yeah. be listed as him. So he was, like, thinking about that. And then I guess he saw some interview with Diane Keaton and I was like, oh my God. Keaton's a good name. And so I'm going to be no Michael. Way. Yeah. So I liked that. I was like, I like that he chose like a female actress. As that's hilarious. His. Yeah. So that's his And I thing. never even thought of the fact that they had the last name, that it never even like 
threw up alarm bells of like, are they related? No, I never I would thought think that, that would be like, yeah. That's so funny. I that's real. I like that. Yeah, and speaking of Batman, it actually looks like he's going to be reprising that role as Batman slash Bruce Wayne in the upcoming movie about the Flash. Um, really? Yeah, which I'm kind of well. We'll see, right? But uh, I what does he un- look like now. How old is he now? This movie uh, probably seventy like, or like yeah. around seventy. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and unlike our mother. I like Michael Keaton, so I would certainly watch that Flash movie to I'm see what I'm not sure she does. said she didn't like him. I think it was just more that she's, like, unimpressed or something. Fair enough. Um, then we have Laura Kinney, who's played by Andy McDowell, um, who is 38 in this one. We've already talked about her. But just to kind of put this in place, this is uh, three years after Groundhog Day. Um, okay. So just so we kind of have that in our minds. Um, Got it. Then we have a character who I don't think was ever referred to by name, but in IMDb is identified as Dr. Leeds, who's played by an actor named Harris Eulin, who was 59, who I immediately recognized, but definitely never knew this guy's name. Um, yeah. And... He's the, he's the clone doctor man? Yes. That's- Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was another one. This was like every time someone was revealed, I was like, I know that guy. Um, <laughs> I so definitely recognized him. I recognized him. Uh, and then the IMDb bio that he has, this is the opening sentence. It says, another one of those frustratingly nameless but omnipresent and talented faces of stage, film, and TV. <laughs> Chameleon. Wow. I mean, I was like, dead on, man. Like, I totally... That's hilarious. Agree. Um, because he was the go he was the judge in Ghostbusters 2, which I knew I recognized him from that. He has a bunch of TV gigs. Um he more recently he's had a character arc on the um, is it the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Is that mm-hmm. I never remember the yeah, first part of that. Yeah, yeah. And he was also on Ozark. So oh. he's been around and he it looks like he's still going strong. Um, then we have a character who is Del King, so that's, uh, Michael Keaton's boss in this movie. Okay. And that's played by Richard Mazur, who's 48, another guy who, as soon as I saw him, I was like, that guy! Um, (laughs) and he's been in a lot of shit that I've seen. Oh, he played the uncle in My Girl, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's, so he was in, and and I also recognized him from The Thing, He's one of the guys in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's in Risky Business. He's in License to Drive. He's in the It miniseries from the 90s. Oh. Um, and he was in Orange is the New Black more recently. Oh, so I he's he was been in that. all around. Um, yeah, I do like him. I like him as the uncle in My Girl. <laughs> I, I knew that was one of them. And My Girl, too. He's in the. Uh, I forget that movie. Because isn't, but... isn't that one where she he's like moved to San Francisco or LA and she like goes out to visit him there? Isn't that the premise <sighs> there of is some my type girl of too? like cross <laughs> there is some kind of cross country driving. I can't remember like it's been a while it's, since I've seen yeah, my girl too. Time. Um yeah. then we have one of the super most recognizable Best. people. We have a character named Vic. Vic, played by Eugene Levy, who is 50 at this point. Again, I think one of the real lessons of this podcast is, like, if you feel like your career is just not, or maybe not even career, like, if there's something in your life that you, like, have been pursuing and you feel like you're not getting the recognition 
or praise or whatever, um, you might get it, you know, like it just because you're 28 and like not having it or 36 or 49 or what, you know, like you might end up surprising yourself. Yeah. He's had an amazing career and, you know, I think, and he was obviously known and he was definitely known. I mean, especially, and I know, I know for a fact when I would have seen him in this, like when I first saw this movie, I was like the guy from Splash. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Because oh, I loved yeah. him from that. <laughs> he, he, but he plays a bad guy in that. He like, does, but he's a bad guy who comes around at the end. Because oh, yeah, he helps them right. at the end. I guess you're right. Because he but realizes he, he has to help them at the end because it's his. Damn, wait, we don't want to get into Splash, but it's his damn. I fault wonder that if Splash can caught. count as a science fiction. That might be more fantasy. I don't know. Well. It maybe Science will be a movie that we have to mermaids. do. It might be a movie that we have to do on a week that I'm really sad. <laughs> there we go. Um, anyway, he's great. I mean, he's and he's been more. Um, oh, and obviously all of the Christopher Guest movies. Yes. You know. Yeah. So, but I do think he was maybe possibly more well known in a certain sphere, and I do think that sure. like a different generation is aware of him now because of. Shit's Creek. Success of Shit's Creek. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then also we have some great uh, character actors uh, who make small appearances in this movie, like Anne Cusack, John Delancey, yep. Brian Doyle Murray, and Julie, a uh, very young Julie Bowen. Very young Julie um, Bowen, yeah. Who I also immediately recognized. I was like, oh, yeah. But it took her me. Her face is always the same. Yeah, it took me a minute to like figure out her haircut's bad but her face is well I mean there was that time in the mid 90s when like people women were like doing short hair because it was like we're it's the 90s now but no one had worked out how to do good short hair on women yet it could have been good on her the thing is it could have been good on her like she has the face shape and the hair texture right to pull off a short little like I I've had my moments in my life where I wish I could do a short do I've learned the hard way that it's not my look but <laughs> like she could do it but that particular style no there was, was some it was so, like kind of too long in the back somehow it's, like, it was it was too mullety too swoopy yeah, like yeah. I think if you want to do like a shortcut like that it needs to be a little edgier yeah I agree anyway so let's now guys if you're thinking of cutting your hair <laughs> just know we will we judge our hairstylist <laughs> um no but I don't think that's what I'm saying is like now there's a lot longer history of women doing a short haircut and so I think there's just better there's a lot more knowledge about how to do yeah. that well that I didn't yeah. seem to exist as much back then <laughs> it um yes. so let's talk about the movie itself which again I mean I think I've made it very clear that while I overall would say I might I might say I liked this um and that and the reason I'm willing to say that is because like the execution of it all was so good but like the the story just was like ugh, I there don't was, like. and there were some bummers of lines I mean oh, there were for like sure. some for sure yeah um okay so we open up with good old Michael Keaton and Eugene Levy, um, <laughs> the character Doug, who is Michael Keaton, drives up. We see that he's, like, in a truck that's got a thing. So we're like, okay, he must be some sort of contractor guy. 
Um, and he drives up to find that Vic, Eugene Levy, is in the midst of uh, demoing a driveway. Mm-hmm. And Doug is quite miffed because what ha- what's gone wrong, Amy? It's the wrong-ass driveway, it is. which seems like a rather big mistake. It's a major whoopsie-doo. Um, <laughs> and, and by demolished, it's like literally they've jackhammered this person's driveway, so it's just all concrete, like, busted up into nothing. Um, and so then Doug is like, well, the, what we've got to do is now we've got to repave this driveway and do the other one, and I'm going to demand that you, like, stay here until both are finished. And I can't remember if Vic is like, yeah, sure, we'll stay for both. But um, mm-hmm. because one of the threads of this story that I guess this opening thing is meant to tell us is that Doug is like too much of a pussy to fire this guy for his bad behavior mm. or even say anything at all. Um, mm-hmm. Now, let me be clear. I know that a vagina is the most strongest mm-hmm. muscle in a human body. But it's just a. <laughs> but I'm trying to channel like to turn a phrase the national lampoon spirit that this sure. movie is very obviously channeling, mm-hmm. um, and and again I'm like okay so he's not assertive. That could be something to work on, but that's and that seems like sort of what happens. But I'm like, but he actually he has no problem saying what he wants it's just he only bitches to his wife like um yeah so i don't support that um no. then we go into the office and all of these scenes are like meant to show it what's weird is like these scenes are meant how to, his life is out of control right sort of, and like they're meant to engender empathy for him but i do not feel it like i don't well it's just sort of well it's just kind of like that's life again like with the idea that like life is like easy and fun all the time it's sort of like this is like work sucks yeah (laughs) life sucks when you own a home shit happens like I'm not saying any of it's fun or any of it's like but it's all just I mean there's the potential for fun in life as well like but like it's not a non Uh, I mean (laughs) it's not a non-stop party like right you know and I do think some people are very misguided in how much enjoyment they should be getting out of a day-to-day existence. <laughs> Probably. And that might sound very dark, but actually it's more hopeful than you think. Um, and I think, let's face it, middle-aged white guys are some of the people who are laboring under the most delusions about Correct. what fun they think they should be having or what enjoyment they should be getting and how much other yes. people should be doing for them. Like, that's yes. the thing. So then we get to the office. And you know what? Like, I, I'm sorry. I just, like, again, with, like, the idea of the whole impetus of the movie and the story, I supposedly, it seems to me, could they not get, like, a housekeeper if, like, that's something that would take something off his plate? Like, right. even though it doesn't seem like he's doing housekeeping anyway. Yeah. Oh, there's whatever. There's a whole part where I lost my shit in this movie because he's acting like he hasn't had any, like, help. And then it's like, oh, you've had all this help. And, like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, I know. When, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, but, okay. Anyway, we'll yeah. get there. So, <laughs> um, then we get to his office and Dell, his boss, and Ted, his um, hated co-worker played by Q, 
aka John Delancey. I was like so excited when I saw him. Um, so Ted is. Like, did you say Q? Yeah, he's Q in all the Star Trek things. Oh, that means nothing to me. I know, so fine. <laughs> um, but I was super jazzed, so much so that okay, I wrote okay. in my notes, Q's there, exclamation point. <laughs> I thought you meant like QAnon. I was no, confused. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a good Q. Okay, um, okay. So anyway, Ted is like the sycophantic coworker who's like, let's work on weekends, and why is Doug so behind on all of his projects? Um, and his boss is basically like, come on, man, you gotta, like, pull your shit together. Like, I don't know Mm. what's going on. Um, then Doug comes home, and we're supposed to be like, oh, and it's, like, night, and he's covered in, like, the dust that you get from, like, pouring concrete, so we are to, to infer that he's worked late to do this driveway thing, and so we're supposed to feel very bad for him. Um... And so he comes home and says hello to his wife, Laura, and his son, who I didn't bother to know the name of. I don't, Um, yeah. And we're also supposed to immediately feel bad for him because his wife starts nagging him immediately upon arriving home. Because she says (laughs) the hot water heater is still broken, so, like, you can't take a shower in hot water. Um, And then she's also like, and you missed our daughter's campfire girls graduation. Um, But nonetheless, despite this, we're very clearly messaged that this is a good, solid couple. And Mm -hmm. I think we're messaged that because they're, like, doing quite a bit of banter with each other. Oh. Um, Like, when they were talking about the graduation, uh, Laura says, like, you were the only father who wasn't there like even the divorced dads came and I did enjoy that joke I was like oh man the mid 90s that's was like edgy um and then he and then he asks about the lesbian moms and I was like ooh edgier still uh you know oh yeah and in my note I was like that joke was topical for the mid 90s Um, but basically, like, um, you know, Doug basically tells her, like, yeah, I think I'm going to have to work even more than I've been doing, and, you know, she's, like, very much, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're hardly Mm -hmm. ever here. Um, and the final scene, which I think is really meant to engender our, uh, kind of sympathy for Doug, is that he's watching a video of his daughter's graduation from campfire girls right and you're supposed to be like oh so sad for you so then we cut to the next day and laura's on the phone he's talking to someone and when she hangs up the phone doug's like what was that all about and laura has this look on her face of a bit of like i don't know maybe like nostalgia or surprise or something but she was like, oh, that was my friend Val on the phone, which we learn is a former co-worker of hers. And in fact, like, Val has recently been promoted. Um, and, you know, Laura says, like, I was so much better than her when I used to work, and now she's oh, been yeah. promoted. And so there's this feeling of... Sa- it's very... Cl- like, Andy McDowell does a great job of conveying, like, she feels 
conflicted about this, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and so from this we learn that Laura has stayed home to raise their two kids. I'm not totally sure exactly how long, but it has been years um, because those kids are at least like what, like five oh. and or maybe four and eight or something. At um, least, I would say. And so it's been a while since she's been at work, and her friend Val calls her up and is like, well, now that I've been promoted, I would actually like to offer you, you know, the job that you had before, my old job, because I really need someone Mm -hmm. else to come online. And we learn that this is, like, real estate, uh, which sounds exactly apropos of the mid-90s again. It doesn't matter what we think of the job. Laura clearly loves it and has missed it. And even though she, as is always the case, even though she very much loves her children and has enjoyed this time with them, she's like, I'm now getting this opportunity to get back out there and do something else that I enjoy, and that's what I want to do. And then Doug immediately shuts her down. His response is not good. (laughs) Yeah, he, he acts like, let's face it, a complete dickhead. Um, I couldn't believe it when he, like, he, like, threw his, he, like, had a full, like, fit. Yeah. threw his cereal down on the table and was like, I guess, what did he, I don't even know what he said, but it was something real not good. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very, like, stereotypical male response. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, everything's falling. It was more like, I thought it was more like he, it was, like, very much himself being the victim or acting like he her going back to work would be like him sacrificing something right. crazy. I don't know. Right. It was very weird. Yeah. No, because as you see in my outline, I say he's like, there's no way this can happen because of how busy I am. Like, right. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? You're already not at home. So like, wh- oh, because she says something about like, I thought you could help out more around the house. And he's like, something like that. I can't fucking do that. Like I know, but like I thought the whole point was he's never there, like right. literally never there. Right. Yeah, it was very strange, and I also like I this did make me wonder, like, could they not? Um, I don't know what their financial situation was supposed to be, but like the kids are seemed old enough to be in school. Well, yeah, they go to school every morning, so so like I don't know why she couldn't be like, okay, well, I'll work from. Eight to nine to three, three or something, something, you know, which is probably yeah. when you're going to work as a real estate agent anyway. Sometimes, like Honestly. I don't know. Um, and can <laughs> let's just like dissect dissect what uh, real estate agents do. But like, couldn't you also possibly like make your own schedule as a real estate? I anyway, think that's whatever, one of the reasons why real estate is a popular job for people who do it. Kind of right, because you can <laughs> schedule like your own showings or your own. Like I don't know yeah. how it works, but. Yeah. Um, so he's like, his reaction is like textbook, the worst reaction that you could have. Um, and again, like Andy McDowell is, um, acting the shit out of this because she says to him, (laughs) no, she's like, I'm never going back to work, am I? We always said I would, but I'm not. And he, yeah. you know, and I was like. And that's when he has <gasps> his freakout moment. Yeah. And that's why it was so mean because like she was just, she literally didn't even say like, can you like do this, th- that or the other. She was just literally like. It was a realization. A moment. Yeah. It was a realization. <laughs> and he was, 
Yeah. And he is a jerk. Yeah. And I was like, you are being so mean to your wife. <laughs> do you even. Yeah, that really was like a low do you moment. Even, and he did apologize quickly, but still. Yeah. No, he does. He apologizes. But like, you know, let's face it. Um, when you've said certain words, an apology back. doesn't yeah. erase them. You know, like. No, you can't take it back. And because it was such a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. It was his true feelings, like, yes. you know, um, and so he, like, he spends quite a lot of this movie actually apologizing to her increasingly, <laughs> and it makes me angry, because um, I never feel like the apologies are actually genuine. Um, so then we cut to title card, beautiful cliff sides, and it says Gemini Institute, Malibu, California, and it's not just an institute for people like me, born in the month of June with all of our Gemini <laughs> energies, um, that's for you Zoomers who might be listening and who seem to care a lot about Zodiac things, although that's you too, because you seem to care a lot like about Zodiac, Zodiac things, um, I do. I just like Zodiac things as refers to the Zodiac killer, but that's my own true oh my crime God, wow. interest separate from this show. Um, so Doug is there doing some other kind of job for this, you know, construction company he works for. And he gets the news. This is the thing that fucking drove me nuts. He already has an assistant. Yeah. It's that black guy. It, the actor's name is... Um, I love him. He's Oba the Baba Tunde. Yeah, Oba Baba Tunde. Who I had, I also recognized him, but I couldn't figure out from where. He's um, the principal in Dawson's Creek. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you he so much. He plays the principal in Dawson's Creek, the one that gets like, t- like he get has to like retire. But oh, okay. Yeah. He's um, that. And he also was a Broadway actor. Okay. So, yeah, I'm like, so you already have a fucking assistant and you can't do your job like what the fuck more help do you need like um so anyway his assistant comes up and is like hey man there's a leak you better go check it out um he comes down again like he loses his shit on his workers similar to how he lost his shit on his wife and he just starts like bashing the pipe and so then the leak becomes even worse what the fuck was that um I mean, I do get it that, and it is true, and this is not unique to men, but like, you know, when you're really at your last. No, I mean, I I know that that end, does happen. You you <laughs> often make things worse rather than yes, better. I know. I mean, I have to tell myself sometimes, like, not to break my computer. Right. Like, I have to really like rein myself in because I want to like smash it and like or I like. Really, like you know when you're like something's like you're in a bad mood and it's like a rough day and then you're like trying to get out the door and like you pick up your keys and then like you drop them and then you get like stuck trying to get out the door and then you slam the door and you're like what the fuck <laughs> I mean sure I of course and <laughs> of course um I always think of like my rage usually comes from like technology not working so mm-hmm. like that's what my references a computer but like but yeah so I understand that impulse but you really have to quell it otherwise you are going to make it way way worse for sure or like don't shut down your emotions but like find a better way to like release them than this yeah um but so what's exceptionally weird about this particular meltdown is there's a weird old guy just like floating 
in the corner watching Doug have this meltdown. And so then Doug comes out. He's, like, standing outside. He's totally soaked. He's still, like, the anger is ebbing, and he's just kind of frustrated. And this guy, who we learn not from the movie but from the IMDb page, is called Dr. Leeds, is, like, talking to Doug in this very cryptic and mysterious manner Uh um, and being like, uh, hold on, let me see, where is the, oh, yeah. Um, he's, like, asking him, like, so, like, when was the last time you did something you enjoyed? How are you feeling? Like, do you have chances to relax? And Doug is like, no, 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 no. I have no time for anything. (laughs) And Dr. Leeds is like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, intriguing. And then they cut to the office and... Doug is speaking to Dr. Leeds, and he's, like, again, going off about how he has no time for anything, and in particular, he has no time for himself. Now, at this point... Here's the deal, though, guys. Like, my understanding, (laughs) as a person who is childless or child-free... Right, right. You give up time for yourself when you have a child or children. It is. It does seem to be part of the known. It's not great. I'm not saying it's a great thing. It's like a trade-off, right? It's like I get so much, like, from this because of, like, the the love and the family and the connection and all these other things. But, yes, I do know that I You give up some things. Certain things, certain, like, my individual, just like, I mean, this sounds bad, but I don't mean it to sound bad. It's like the amount of your freedom and agency that you give up when you start a relationship. Like, it's not, I can't can't just be me doing whatever, like, going to play, like, backgammon at midnight on Tuesdays or whatever your (laughs) thing is. Like um, That is a wild lifestyle. If you play backgammon. I don't know what people do with their free time. <laughs> I don't want to assume it's only ever drinking or well, drugs sure. or sex or whatever. Like, there's any number of things you can it be. Could be but the point is, the more people you have in your life, for whatever reason you have them, that's slightly less time for you. Like, yes. that's just the nature of the thing. Yeah. Now, ideally, whoever you in- invite into your life will be someone who gives you a kind of pleasure that, like, being with them is restorative and nice most of the time. Um, So, yes, you're right. He made a choice and didn't seem to think it through. No. Um, Now, again, I'll also say, there's nothing wrong with anybody, regardless of whether they've got kids or married or whatever. If you're like, I'm not making time for myself and I need some, great. Yes. Okay. Sure. But what I find very super uncool in this scene is that uh, Dr. Leeds then says, you know, I've seen this all the time. It happens every day. Um, You know, but he, he, he's like, you know, often what people say to do is go to therapy, but therapy is stupid. He's like, that's not a real solution. And I was like, it isn't. very that would also be a line that doesn't get said in movies anymore I don't think I feel like I hope not yeah I feel like people have come around on therapy (laughs) I hope not like 
the idea that like therapy is not a real solution to someone who feels like they're on the edge and is like busting out with violence and like hurting the people around them, if not physically, emotionally. I'm like, oh, this is not a very like good a real, doctor. <laughs> that's like a good intervention for therapy. Yeah. I would say that's like a prime moment for some. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the reason why Doctor Leeds feels that way is because he has discovered something else entirely as a solution. And he, like, kind of walks Doug through it. He's like, first, you know, back in 81, I cloned this. And back in 89, I cloned that. And in 93, I did this. And he's like, and then last year. And he, like, leaves it hanging. And then what happens? Then in walks a second Dr. Leeds. And he, like, finishes the story. Correct. Um, So he has cloned a human being. Now... AKA himself. Correct. And it was for the same reasons, presumably, that he didn't feel like he had enough time to get, like, a good work-life balance. And um, now, just as a check-in into reality, like, actual reality, in 1996, the Human Genome Project, which was mapping the human genome, which you have to be able to do before you can clone a human being, um, had started but would not successfully map the human genome until 2003. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is utter nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, don't know. We saw, or actually, we didn't see it, but when did Face Off come out? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's I think different. That was it's 90s. not cloning, but it's. No, like, that's different science technology that doesn't, that doesn't exist. exist. <laughs> Um, which I actually face off, I think is also on my list (laughs) at some point that we may consider doing. Um, but anyway, uh, I just feel like it's important to note that just like if, if this is the slight edutainment part of the show where I'm like, just so you know, the human genome was mapped in 2003 successfully. Yeah. Um, so the clone walks in, he's in resort where, um, (laughs) As a clone would be. And it's clear, well, because he spent the day doing something. I don't remember what he said he was doing. Um, And this, I think, is also really important. And it distinguishes the way Dr. Leeds and his clone work in contrast to how Doug and his clones are going to do things. Mm -hmm. Dr. Leeds and Dr. Leeds, (laughs) too, truly share the same life in the sense that, like, both of them get some relaxation and both of them work. Yeah. Because when the when the clone comes in, he's like, the uh, Dr. Lee's is like, what did you do today? And he's like, oh, I was out sailing. And then he's like, who's this guy? And he's like, oh, he's here for the repair thing. And the other so one is like, oh, I forgot better. that was happening today. Yeah. You know, like, so it sounds like maybe every other day, one goes into the office and the other one just has the day to do whatever. Yeah, and they check or, in with you know. each other. How about? Yeah, so so they share both the pleasures and responsibilities of the life of Dr. Lee. Yeah. And that is not the way Doug manages his clones. And spoiler um, alert, it doesn't work well. No, it does not. <laughs> Because that's back to the selfishness point. What Doug wants to do is to shunt all of his responsibilities onto someone else. Yes. That's the point. Yeah. Um, and, and he's surprised 
when then that person starts to crack. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, are you serious, dude? Like, what the fuck? Um, anyway, for whatever reason, now, I don't know why this Dr. Leeds guy would reveal this secret. This seems like a very big deal. Um, and I don't know why he he's chosen Doug as the person to tell it to. But he's like, hey, man, also, I can make you a clone of yourself in two hours. That is impressive. That is not possible. Um, and then also, though the idea that this costs money is, is like, mentioned. Oh, the, I didn't even remember them mentioning that. We don't come back to it, so, but there is a fee involved. Well, then I, again, would come back to the idea of hiring some type hire of nanny somebody. or hiring <laughs> yeah. a, a house cleaner or hiring I mean, they don't even... They didn't even show one scene where they had gotten a teen babysitter. Nothing. Like, like, come on. Um, But nonetheless, Doug decides he's going to go for this cloning thing. And he decides it in 15 minutes, seemingly. Um, Which I don't... Even if I was open to the idea of cloning myself, I think I'd want to, like, at least sleep on it before deciding. 100%. And, I mean... Again, this and the thing maybe about, discuss it with my partner. Like, come on, people. This is the thing, and I know that like all the bits in the movie don't work if she knows. I get it, but this is the types of things that happen in movies that are just so unrealistic. Like, why, why would, why would you hide that from your wife? Other than the fact that she'll say you're a moron. That's a horrible idea. And shut right. you down, and I guess that's the or reason. Or you're that... not spending $50,000 of our money on that. And I mean, I like... guess that's the reason, but it would solve all the problems. <laughs> like, just yes. like one conversation, yeah. anyway. Yeah, they don't communicate well. That's no. pretty obvious. Um, so then we cut to the operating room where they... This another is was another kind of weird situation. So they, they're in the operating room, um, and they, like, put him under to take his blood, which I don't see why you would need to do that. Um, and then there's a whole kind of, like, what I say here in the outline, science magic <laughs> montage, uh, where, like, computers are doing things and, like, lights are blinking, and that's telling us that the cloning process is happening. And as always... We always run across this. The clone pops up out of a different type of goo than I'm used to seeing. <laughs> I don't remember the goo, movies. maybe. It was like, um, it looked like, it almost looked like, and I, I have never actually seen this happen in life, but it's like how I would imagine Barbie and Ken get made, where like, oh, okay. It's like a shape that kind like of pops plastic-y. up out of that heart harder plastic okay, or something. Okay. Um, it, and that's what the clone, he kind of like bloops out of this more semi-solid type goo. Okay. And I'm surprised that didn't make an impression on you because I was like, I better mention this goo because Amy I, I didn't. I maybe so I, much. <laughs> maybe I was like, I see that this is going in a scientific direction. I'm going to tune out for a second. Fair enough. Um, so then we get to what I actually did think was like a clever bit. So we're in the recovery room and uh, do you want to describe like 
the interchange here of like what we see um or like how the reveal works no you do it because i i honestly do feel like maybe i was like spacing out at this moment oh okay so we so we see the clone pop up out of the goo and then the very next scene is we see someone aka michael keaton wake up on a hospital bed Mm -hmm. in a recovery room and the camera is like tight on him and he's like how did it go and he's asking the doctor like is everything okay did the procedure work um and he's also like can i see this clone and then dr leeds starts to chuckle and then actual doug emerges and he's chuckling as well and they're like to the to the person who just woke up you're the clone and the clone is like no i'm not i'm doug and he and they're like no no we assure you you are the clone and he's like well prove it and how do they know the difference between a clone and the original do you remember no i don't remember this they put like so dr leeds pulls his the top of his ears back and he's got a number two tattooed oh my god on his ear Um, Wait, where on his ear? That would be something that his wife that his wife would see. No, no, because like it's like well, it's like the top bit of your ear where you'd have like an industrial, but then on the back, like an industrial piercing, but on the back. Oh, okay, is where two is. Weird. Um, yeah. So I mean, I did like that as like the switcheroo thing. (laughs) That was fun. Yeah, that's cute. Um. And then two is very surprised. And this is when Dr. Leeds explains that, like, up to this moment, they are the exact same person. Same memories, same everything, same life experiences. Um, Which is, like, so much more than just simply cloning someone who is genetically the same. Yeah, that really is because that's, yeah, that is, because I don't think that's how cloning works. I don't know, though. No, it is, no. You cannot do that. (laughs) You simply cannot do that. Um, And then, again, showing the true character of Doug, he turns to Dr. Leeds and says, what do I feed it? (laughs) And while this is meant to be a joke and it is a bit funny, I feel like it shows the whole, like, fundamentally... This is a problem because two from the start sees that Doug does not see him as equal or the same or anything. Yeah. And is, you know, and two is basically going to be treated um, like a servant, like a pet. I'm not totally sure how I would describe it. Kind of. Um, But this is a bad start to whatever is going to happen. Yeah. So then Doug takes to home um, and says, you can live in this apartment over the garage. Um, again, and this was another opportunity where I was like, wait a minute. Like, I thought they were strapped for cash or something because their house is falling apart, but they have this whole other apartment over the garage that's, like, totally... Yeah, what the F was that? Like, that, like refurbished. She, and also that she, the wife, literally never goes to. No, and it's, like, perfectly set up. So it's got, like, a full bathroom and a full kitchen and, like, furniture and shit. And I'm like, what is this doing here? And if and if you need, like, help, 
Why can't this be turned into a nanny's room? I mean, just so many things. <laughs> like, I just don't understand this. Like, you, I mean, it is a real statement on, like, white America in the mid-90s that they seemingly have all these resources and are just fucking floundering. Like, can't do a fucking thing. Um, but anyway, this is when the deal is struck that... Two will take over entirely Doug's work life. Yeah, that's a terrible choice already, but yeah. And Doug will focus on hanging out with his family. Now, I will say in my handwritten notes that I have good acting against himself. I I really do think so. Like I and it becomes even more pronounced at the more clones that appear. Um Right. Like, but I think this was maybe they were, I can't remember, like, anytime they do any physical stuff with the clones, mm-hmm. I'm always really impressed. Yeah. Because I'm like, so he's doing that with some, either no one else there, and they're cutting the film together, or he's doing it with somebody else there. Yeah. And then doing the opposite. Anyway. Yeah. Like, there was something in this one, maybe they were, like, high-fiving, or, like, I can't remember, but there was something where I was like, oh, wow, he's really doing a very good job, like, acting against himself slash no one <laughs> yeah no it's that's it's very hard I mean um I I give him a lot of credit for the acting in this yeah yeah so now what's really a real head scratcher is then after they make this deal where two is going to go to work and do all that work shit and Doug is going to do family stuff the following day we first see we're not sure which one He's coming to the office at 6 a.m. He's fucking rocking the shit. He's, like, really impressing his co-workers. And everyone was like, wow, wow, wow. Then what we learn is original flavor Doug shows up to the office not knowing that 2 has already been there. Yeah. And I'm just like, but you just made that deal. Why are yeah. you showing up at work the day after you just said you're not going to go to work anymore? Yeah. Like, he didn't trust the clone? Why have a clone if you're not going to trust it? When later that day, we return to the Kinney house, and Laura comes home, and she finds Doug cooking. And I think this is when he makes the official apology for how he had behaved okay. when she mentioned the job. I think that's when this happens. Um, oh yeah, because he tells her, like, you should really take that job. I've worked things out. Like, I've worked things out. I've gotten myself a clone. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because he tells her that he's gotten an assistant. And I'm like, first of all, you already had one. uh, Like, (laughs) Like, we've already seen that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that didn't help you at all. And then what's even weirder when he talks about this assistant to Laura is he tells her that the assistant is going to do all of his work for him. Now, that would throw up a red flag to me. Like, yes. if, <laughs> if, now my husband doesn't have a job really where, like, an assistant is a thing. Like, he's not the boss of anything. But if he told me, I've gotten myself an assistant, I therefore never have to go to work again. I would I'd be, be like, like, um, were you fired what from your is job? That type is of this lie? a lie? <laughs> <laughs> that is a bad lie, and it is a lie. <laughs> last I checked, the the verb 
to assist, from which assistant <laughs> derives, means that they help you. Yeah. They do not do everything for Correct. you. It is not a it is not a servant. Right. That is a different thing. And generally <laughs> the assistant, quite frankly, my understanding is they do less than the main person that they are well, assisting. They take on different they take on different responsibilities yeah. to free you up to do like what is perceived as like your main job. Right. And I don't right? mean they do less like as in like it's actually less, less difficult, but or, it's yeah. just um, they get paid less. <laughs> so it seems yes, like they do get paid less. That's a definite. Yeah. So the tasks are generally more menial, I would say. They're just meant to, like I said, like it, whatever your job is, no matter what industry you are in, if you have an assistant, that person is meant to take away kind of like a lot of the, let's say, clutter from your job. Yes. Uh, things that are not directly connected to the general true function of yeah. what you are they supposed might to schedule, do. As they might schedule called, per se. They right. may right. like work your calendar. Make your travel yes. plans. Like they may yeah. book tickets to things. What? Yes, but they, <laughs> but they do not They don't just fully do take all over. your work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, and weirdly, like Laura accepts this no problem maybe because she's so like pleased to be allowed to work finally that she's like well okay fine okay, whatever lies you're telling me it's good enough <laughs> yeah um so then next we the following day I guess presumably we're at uh, a job site two is there this is when he very publicly fires Vic aka Eugene Levy mm-hmm. for being late yep um and then uh, Laura calls up two to say that she's like running late for some because of something related to her work and that she really needs uh, Doug to pick up the kids because like I, I didn't even really get the point of this. It was like the daughter's picture day at dance school. That was like I was very confused by that. <laughs> I mean, you went to dance school. Was there picture day at dance school? Um, not that I recall. Like, I mean, I know from seeing like other kids, I know that maybe some studios did a thing like that because I can picture sure like other. I mean, dance I can pictures. picture what the photo you know, like would when you see like. those people who are like, I was <laughs> I was a dancer, and then you like see a picture of them in their like costume from the nineties, and they're like putting right. their leg up. Right. But like any anywhere that I went, we like maybe we weren't fancy enough, or maybe that's just at like competition studios. But it doesn't sure. make sense to me because of they had to like dress her up in her costume for it would make more sense if that was happening at the recital. I would think that that would be in right. tandem with the recital and it didn't seem right. or at a dress rehearsal. Yeah. It didn't seem something. like that was the deal. She was the only child dressed up. And I know that like he was there on the yeah. wrong day and that was like the whole upshot, but like they were, they were like full on just like having class in the background. It was, that was strange. I know. I didn't get it. I didn't either. But the point is, so then two calls up Doug, who has just arrived at the golf course, <laughs> and is like, hey, man, uh, Laura just called me. There's this thing with your kids you got to do. And what is Doug's reaction? He's like, I can't remember. <laughs> well, no, he's just super pissed off. Yeah, he's like, like oh, I just got to the golf course. Like a big fucking baby. Um... And so then 
we have what I think is meant to be a funny scene of how he literally doesn't know how to do anything for his kids. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely is supposed to be funny. And I think um, maybe we sound like old biddies, like not being able to find <laughs> humor in any of this. But it does, it is like... It's the same trope of, like, when the dads have to take care of their kids, that they're, like, the babysitter, but, right. you know. Well, I mean, and he even is the star of a movie that's the whole premise is that, which is Mr. Mom. Oh. Um, that's... From a... Pre- that's earlier. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, but it... it yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is supposed to be funny, that, but, like, it's also ridiculous. <laughs> and it's not even... Yeah. It's not even nice to the many, many dads out there who are fully capable. Right. Right. Um, what I will say, what I did think was funny about this is when he finally arrives at the dance school to discover that the pictures have been changed to the other day, his reaction to me was like, and again, since I'm not a parent, I don't know, but to me, this is what the thing I would do as a parent. I'd be like, get a fucking photographer here now. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> like, like... I did all this work. Yeah. I, I'm not leaving. Yeah, it's definitely... Just do it. Yeah. Like, I worked very hard, and I'm tired, and I have I must have this thing happen today. Right. Not another day today. Right. <laughs> and, like, it's not the nice thing to do, like, for the poor dance school who probably did do their due diligence and, like, change the date, and, like, he didn't get the message. Right. But... Right. I absolutely understand that feeling I mean it's the same feeling you get oh yeah I mean you don't even have to be a parent or you don't you've like work you've set something up and then you found out and then you're like oh shit I gotta rush over there and then you get there and they're like oh no like that thing's not happening and you're like yes it is it's happening for me do I don't know about you do it yeah I am not leaving here until you do this thing I want so Basically, then we're in a nif- another scene where Doug is, like, trying to interact with his kids and it's going horribly. So then we cut to this restaurant fandango, oh which is like, Jesus Christ. This scene reminded um, me a little bit of Mrs. Doubtfire. So <laughs> it, it, it does have tones of Mrs. Doubtfire, for sure. <laughs> um, so Doug meets Laura at this restaurant. Um, I will say one of my questions here is who is taking care of their children? A babysitter that should be doing all the clones work. <laughs> uh, well, because two specifically, well, we find out that two is at dinner as well on a date. Um, but like two only, the deal was he only does the work stuff. Work stuff. So like, where are these kids? Who is they're not very good parents. I mean, I'll just like put, they don't put that out there. Be. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I mean, I think it's more that the kids are just there to create conflict in the story rather than to be meaningful contributors to the story. A hundred percent, because I couldn't even tell you what those kids looked point. like, to be honest. No, and they're not super they're barely in this. Yeah. Like they just exist as a like as a pressure, but they don't really They're just like matter. props. <laughs> What? I said they're just, like, props. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they're at this fancy restaurant, and really the reason for them being there is because Doug is like, Laura, you've got to give up your job and come home immediately. This sucks. Ugh. <laughs> oh, um, he's fun. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's only been taking care of the house for a month. 
and he's got a effing clone. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you can't even do what the F your wife was doing for however long with two of you, and you're going to make her yeah. quit her job? That's some bullshit. Yes. It's because he's not getting what he wants, which is all this golf time that he <laughs> imagined he'd have. But the point is, he, Doug, Doug Original, acts like a complete asshole mm-hmm. and is like, and he straight up does like old timey man shit of like, you're coming home, you're quitting your job, that's it, end of discussion. Yeah. And, and to Laura's credit, she was like, that is not the end of the discussion. I can't believe you baited me here to this restaurant to trick me into trying to have this, this, this fight, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you tried to set it up so that I would just say meekly, like, okay, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, I was like, way to go, Laura. And I wanted her to, like, punch him in the face or something. Yeah, does she storm <laughs> out or anything? I can't remember. No, she doesn't storm out because as soon, like, they're in the midst of this very tense moment, and that is when the wackiness ensues. Right. Um, again, because like, and this goes back to what you were saying at the very beginning, which is like, this is meant to be a family comedy movie. Yeah. And the conversation that they are having is not comedic, even at all. No. And it is very close, I am sure, to a lot of actual conversations that actual couples have had, both in 96 and now. Oh, definitely. And, and it's not so a fun to, one. It's it's relatively no, dark and quite adult. No. <laughs> um, and I feel like so to kind of like, quote unquote, relieve the pressure mm-hmm. of this, that's when we need to get the Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. feeling yeah. involved. Um, because so Doug is like looking around the restaurant, feeling miserable. And then what does he see? Himself. Indeed. <laughs> and what is and what is himself, a.k.a. two, doing? Himself is on a date with one of the co- his co-workers. Correct. With Ann Cusack. Yep. Just so we can picture it. Um, and here, again, I was like, oh, this is interesting because it turns out two is equally kind of yucky like Doug because, of course, he is because he is Doug. Um... <laughs> So two is spinning this line to his coworker that his marriage is over, that, you know, all the sad sack bullshit that men who aren't really divorced tend to tell women um, to sleep with them. That's yeah. my take on it. Yeah. Um, oh God. And I did not like that. I just don't know how um, he could have ever thought this would end well with, like, like here's the deal. You If you're... <laughs> Oh, so silly. If you're going to clone yourself and have, like, this other one that's not you go out into the world as you, you should, like, mm, he, he should have made himself be the one who goes to work and the clone stay at home and do, like, housework. Something that, like, doesn't require talking to other people. Because then it like totally destroys. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's true. It's like letting things out into the world in a weird way. Yeah. Or he could have said, 
something if he had thought, but again, he doesn't because he doesn't think about other people. Um, he could have said, you know, from nine to five or whatever, you're doing my work, but then you're like free to do whatever you want. Um, but please don't really like interact with my coworkers. Yeah, right? something, that, some that type is, of guideline. That would be a major, yeah, complication. As it the turns only out guideline he had was about sleeping with his wife. That was the only Which one. Which doesn't, we haven't even gotten to that rule yet. <laughs> um, so then both of them realize that they're both in the same restaurant. There's a lot of like rolling around on the ground and like <laughs> physical comedy. And like um, at one point though, they go into the bathroom to like have a tete-a-tete. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doug is like, what the fuck are you doing here? And like, what the fuck are you doing with my coworker? And two is like, I can't literally just do your work and then come home and interact with no one. You know that, right? Like, you have a wife and kids. You're hanging out with them. I have no friends and no exterior life whatsoever. And the regular Doug's like, yeah, I know. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, you asshole. You're (laughs) ruining everything. Um But then there's a lot of, like, physical comedy shit going on for the remainder of this scene. Then, I'm not sure if it's the next day. It's not totally clear to me when this happens. Uh, We're we're in Two's apartment. He's kind of, like, set it up for himself at this point. And Doug comes into the apartment, and it looks like he's about to apologize. But what actually is the reason he's there i you know he brush over this part so quickly he's there to be like hey here's a third guy (laughs) yep correct so three is then revealed and he doug is like so the reason three exists is primarily to take care of my home duties because I hate doing them. And can we talk really quick about that? I just realized because I don't think I like put it all together or was like paying close enough attention at the time. Can we talk about how the one that he cloned specifically for doing housework was supposed to seem kind of gay? Yep. And uh-huh. or effeminate, I guess you could say. Yep. Uh-huh. That's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it also makes no sense because, like, they all start developing different personalities, which I guess makes sense because, per what you were asking before, they, they for all that they have the same memories up until the moment of cloning, like, they develop, they'll, de- once they're separate, they're separate. Yeah, like, and the thing and is, develop. like, it would make sense if, I maybe I misunderstood, but, like, Orig- original Doug brings home the third guy, right? Yes. Okay, so it would make all of the, like, ways that they go about saying that, like, you know, the copy of the copy gets further away from the original. Right. But they didn't copy the copy. They copied the original guy again. Well, when, no, not, at this point, both two and three are direct clones of Doug. Right. So, so they're all fine right. in that sense. Um. But the third but, guy is so much different in terms of personality. Right. And he's different immediately. Right. Whereas two can't distinguish when he wakes up that he's two. Yeah. Three, I mean, but also more, like, three comes home. So he's had time to realize, I guess, what's going on. Yeah. Um. But yes, you're right. He's effeminate. 
He's immediately very different. Now, I will say, as offensive as this is, it's, again, great acting. And it makes it, like, I mean, really good. and it does help with differentiating because I think when there was just yeah. one and two, I did have moments of, like, am I supposed to know which one that is which right one now? Which one is which? Yeah. 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 Um, so three's job is to take over the house responsibilities that Doug doesn't want to do. Two will then do exclusively work things. Um, and then Doug, again, in supremely, like, selfish and unaware, like, not emotional intelligence situation. He's like, and see, like, two, you said you were lonely. You said you had no friends. This guy can be your friend, and he can be your only friend, and that's all you need. Goodbye. <laughs> um... And he leaves two and three together alone, and that's it. Like, he's like, you guys work it out, basically. Um, <laughs> and then we cut to a, a brief little scene where Doug is bungee jumping, and it's like, ah, oh, relief. Finally, I've figured <laughs> out the situation. And I'm just like, okay, so you've been waiting and waiting to go bungee jumping, and that, like, takes your whole fucking day. I've never been bungeed up jumping. I don't know how that works. I don't know. Um, so, okay. Uh, ta -ta 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 -ta. Do I need to talk about this scene? Oh, yeah, we do need... Because this is, this is the beginning of the rules that Doug starts setting. <laughs> so, uh, next day, I guess, um, Doug is at a Lakers game. And he calls up three, I guess, at the house. Mm -hmm. um, and three, and he's like, hey, man, I'm at this Lakers game. I'm not going to get home until late. Can you, like, just kind of mind the fires at home or whatever? And three's like, yeah, sure, no problem, man. So then Doug sneaks in late at night after the game is over. And we have to assume after he's had a couple beers or whatever. <laughs> um, and then... He's coming up to bed, and he's trying to, like, quietly get into bed with Laura, and then what happens? <laughs> the other guy pops up in the bed, and he screams and, like, falls on the floor and wakes up the wife, and she's like, what's happened? And he was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so then both Three and Doug run over uh, to the clone apartment, <laughs> and Doug is like, what happened? to three he's like did you have sex with my wife and three is like of course I didn't have sex with your wife and he's like well then what were you doing in her bed and he was like well because we were like hanging out watching tv she said she was tired and it was time to go up to bed yeah. so like what was I supposed to do man yeah be like nope uh but anyway Doug is incensed and he's like okay rule number one only I can have sex with Laura and the, the clones are like yeah man fine like and I will say like to the clones credit they were like we weren't pitching to have sex with her like <laughs> you've like I guess it's good to have this rule in place but like neither one of us were trying to have sex with your wife just so it's clear you know <laughs> um then uh we, we, again, we get a little brief scene of what Doug does when he's got his free time and now he's learning how to sail. But he complains to Brian Doyle Murphy that the sailing lesson, like, wasn't good enough. And I'm like, what is this is fucker's so problem? <laughs> like, everything is a complaint. Like, everything is somebody else's fault. 
Um, meet then later that day, uh, we hear Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It blaring out of the clone apartment. Brilliant. Um, and Doug hears this and is like, again, enraged. And he comes up and he finds two and three have brought back two ladies <laughs> to the apartment. Um, and the ladies are like under the impression that they're triplets, I guess. Um, I, I wasn't totally sure, but they were like, oh, there's another one. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. Um, and Doug's like, you guys got to get out of here. I did like that, like two and three came up with some names for themselves. Cause the women are like saying like Lance and Rico are their <laughs> names, which is like both of those names are like so perfect fake names. Yeah. Like. Lance and Rico, that's my name. Uh, I apologize to anyone who is actually named Lance or Rico. I know but they are good fake, fake names. But they are good fake names, for sure. Um, so then the women leave. Uh, Doug is super angry. Um, and, and again, I'm like, why? Why do they have to, like, live as though they're monks or like they he a... wants servants what he wants is servants what he doesn't yes. want is other humans no actually i mean we need to be clear he wants slaves because he yeah. doesn't want to pay anyone yeah. to do the work that he wants done yeah and so also he, he wants kind of wants slaves. like robots like he wants like people without yeah. human like humanness getting involved needs yeah. or desires yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's so upset about this various series of events that have happened. He like storms into another part of the room right past number four. And then here we go. This is where it gets good. I guess. Um, (laughs) so it turns out that again, and this I think is telling, um, because two and three are clones of Doug, they also are selfish. Um, And so two has gone to Dr. Leeds and made a clone of himself. And that's four. Yeah, and it ain't good. It is not good. And this area of quote-unquote comedy, let's say. Yeah, it's offensive too. It has not aged well. No, it's offensive. It is very offensive to people who have different abilities. Um, But I will say, as I said, this includes something that I remembered us saying as kids, and I didn't remember that it came from this, which is, (laughs) I like pizza. I like it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember saying that a lot. Weird. (laughs) I can't believe we like, picked out a line from this movie of all movies. I know. I know. It's the weirdest thing. Like, I mean, it's I a good line and it's still like. Of course it is. And it's so totally true because pizza is great, obviously. Um, but this is when rule number two gets made, which is no more dugs. It's a good rule. Here. It's a good rule. It should have always been, been the rule. rule before. Yeah. It should have been the rule like yeah. from the start, but mm. Yeah, so then um, we're back with Doug sailing, and he, now he's talking to Brian Doyle Murphy and Julie Bowen about how he's kind of, like, still stressed out. And I'm like, how can you 
you still well, now, be stressed the, out? The funny thing like, is, like, this, this quote-unquote um, solution to his stress has now caused stress. Because now he's having to, like, manage right. keeping these guys a secret, also having them do a couple, like, two, half of his life. Like, right. it's... Right. It's and also, trouble I'm like, than it's worth. When, when are you going to realize that the problem is you? <laughs> yeah, well, the problem is 100% you. And what that fourth guy can't do anything. Like, the fourth no, guy isn't going to be able to, like, help anything. with anything. No. Um, so, anyway, in the context of this, because Brian Doyle Mur- Murray and Julie Bowen don't know this, but they're like, why don't you have your wife come out and we'll go on a sailing trip to Catalina. It'll be really lovely. Why don't we do that? And he's like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Um, then, uh, we come back into his home life, which is super fucked up. There's another joke about, like, cause three is, he comes back late from sailing and three is talking to Laura and then three, like, leaves the room so Doug can come in and she's like, why are you wearing a different shirt? And he's like, buh, 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 don't worry about it. Um, so then, uh... They actual Doug and Laura are up in their bedroom getting ready for bed. And Laura's like, did you think more about what I talked to you about earlier? But of course, Doug was not there. So he doesn't know what she's talking about. And he's like, well, I agree with you, honey. And she's like, really? And he was like, no, no, I do. And then she says that she's gotten non-refundable tickets to Disney World and he freaks out. Um, and... His, his intense reaction and acting like he didn't know what was going on um, makes her be like, I'm really worried about you. <laughs> like, do you, I think you have a psychological problem. Which And fair yes. enough. Like, he yeah. acts like he may. She specifically <laughs> says, like, I think you might be bipolar or schizophrenic <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Because uh, you don't seem to remember conversations yeah. that we have. Like, um. And he's like, no, 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 baby, baby, baby. I'm like stressed out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, and he's, and then he's like, well, what if we go on this sailing date? I can take you sailing. And she's like, Doug, that is literally you don't not know the same how to thing. sail. And it's not the same <laughs> yeah. as going to Disney World. Not even a little bit the same. Yeah. Um. So they they do not end the night well this night. Um. And so as a result, because of this increasing stress in Doug's life. What does he decide to do but get out of town? He is so weird. I just, like, oh, it makes me, every, I, like, grew increasingly angry as this movie <laughs> went along. So anyway, he shows up at the clone apartment and he's like, hey, dudes. Um, and I think this is a scene where they're all, oh, yeah, they're all shaving oh. uh, together. Um, and, and you know what I also. We mentioned, though, we didn't really say it too much that the effects in this were good whatever green yeah. screen or thing like whatever they used like I you could tell obviously that it there was like a yeah. little something going on and the picture looked a little different but it was pretty good well and I was also going to say like with four I think four was often a double yeah because probably. he's always got those weird glasses or like a hat yeah. or like something going on that's like obscuring his face yeah. so in this scene he was all shaving creamy oh okay that's so I think right. it was a different guy yeah you're probably right in that um but anyway and it probably was is, a lot of doubles most of the time unless you were really seeing oh faces. yeah yeah yeah, for sure. Um, but four in particular, yeah, you're because probably he right. also barely speaks. Yeah, 
Um, I think it's a double most of the time. You're probably right. Um, but anyway, uh, he's like, I'm getting out of here. Uh, you guys just like, I guess, keep doing what you're doing, which is like, what the fuck? Um, but then, uh, a problem begins, uh, and I guess just to quickly, because that now we're going to just be following the clones for some time. So I'll just quickly say that Doug goes off on this sailing trip to Catalina that the sailing people pitched. And when he shows up without his wife, they're like, what's the deal? Where's your wife? We thought she was coming. And he's, he kind of is like, she sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, and then he goes out on the boat and he starts puking the whole time. So it turns out he actually was never meant to be sailing he's not like cut out for it yeah he's um, a bum- he's a bummer in a lot of ways yeah um well I mean this I don't really blame him for in the sense that like there's a lot of people who imagine like if only I had time I would do x y or z yeah and then when you finally do the thing you're like oh I don't like this or I'm not good at it or like you know whatever yeah. and it's like it, it it turns out it wasn't about not having time I don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what really happens there, which is fair enough. Um, so now let's return to clone craziness back <laughs> at the Kinney home. Um, that evening, in the bedroom, Three is is playing Doug, basically. Yeah. Um, and... Laura comes out of the bathroom in what I have put in quotation marks, a sexy nighty because it is floor length. It looks like a muumuu. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I know this is supposed to be She looks good. There's nothing wrong with her, but I like, mean, no, it but it looks like a dress. Yeah. It looks like a dress. And um, like she looked sexier later in this whole confab when she's just wearing a man's PJ. A thousand top. percent. Like, yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, I guess it's a family movie and that's why it's like floor length or whatever. Um, so she comes out and she apologizes to what, what she thinks is Doug. I don't under, she's constantly apologizing to this guy and he sucks. (laughs) Well, I think it's this, this movie was written by men. It def, for sure. (laughs) Yes. Um, and and what happens next only proves that more. Um, because she's so, quote-unquote, apologetic. She wants to show that by having sex with Three. And Three has already been instructed by Doug that if she tries anything, he's supposed to pretend he has, like, bronchitis or some shit. Um, which doesn't really work because she keeps kissing him. And then she starts giving him a hand job, um, which I was like, well, this is interesting because if it's a family movie where you can't show her in an actual negligee, but you can show and make very clear that that's happening. I think, but I mean, yes, but I think it is also something. I mean, they're not really showing anything. anything. You only only know that if you're old enough to get it. If you don't, like, because I'm sure, again, I believe we did watch this as kids, and I'm quite sure I didn't understand that. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, I ho- yeah, I hope I did. Well, I would have been 15 when this came out, so I might have known. 
Maybe. So, but... Not not how to do it, yikes. but that it existed as a thing. Yeah. Not to reveal anything. But, like, they I'm don't even... Because they, like, barely show them kissing, so it doesn't even, like... It's a little bit yeah. more... It veiled. could go over the heads yeah. of the smaller But it is also, people. like, graphic in a way, too. It was very graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, like, in a way that was weird, I was like... It's uncomfortable. I it's like the like, Breaking Bad scene where they do it. It's it's uncomfortable. I just feel I'm like maybe it's just because hand jobs are so rarely <laughs> depicted on film that I was like another I would just, another uh, clear fact or a clear um, uh, indication it was written by a man. Um, but I was like, I would just, I would be fine if they were simulating sex more. Yes, like, 100%. This, this feels weird in a way that I don't, I can't put my finger on why it feels weird, but I don't Yeah, well, like it was, because, yeah, and it's gross, and because he, like, this is where we get into some kind of, like, weird moralistic areas, where, like, it is not her husband. She is being Correct. kind of tricked, and... yes. Uh, so that makes it uncomfortable in and of itself. And the fact right. that he was uncomfortable with it, like there were layers of why it was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And then as well, what I thought was weird is, so then he relents and they do have sex. Of course. Also written by man. Yeah. But like, <laughs> what I don't understand is that like, well, cause yes, also we should say like, she is the instigator of this sexual encounter and does not listen to him say no. That is true. She doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, which is not cool. Um, <laughs> not great. But also, the real head scratcher for me is, like, Three has never had sex before, presumably. So wouldn't she notice that? Like, He's going um, to ejaculate extremely oh fast. <laughs> well, luckily they don't get into that. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't want to bring us there. Well, but you I was did. just like, <laughs> I just was like, but doesn't she notice? Like, I just don't understand. There would probably be some differences. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't. I don't know. I've never had sex with a clone. Like, I, you, as far as you know, I guess, but then, then, I, then if I have, and I didn't know, I guess I would be no better than her. So no, but what I'm saying is it doesn't have to do with the clone part of it. He's just a virgin. Yeah. But if he had the memories, if he's three, he had the memories. That's true. That's true. Maybe he could. So even if like physically, somehow. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, moving on. But the point is, so yes, so they have sex, and in the afterglow of that, she, Laura's like, well, I'm going to go down and get a snack, and we see kind of like a shot of three feeling a bit guilty mm-hmm. about what has just transpired, which, of course. Yeah. Um, then we cut to the clone apartment, and two is looking for some kind of food, only to discover that four has eaten all of the food, so two is like, well, I'll go to the main house to get a snack. And then in he walks into the kitchen to find Laura, who, as I said, is in a PJ, a man's PJ top, yep. no bottoms, having her snack. Um, and then, let's see, hold on. 
where am I here in my notes? Um, she starts kissing him. Oh, yeah. She starts kissing him. I don't fully get why. I don't know. She's like... Not totally clear. I guess because they've just had a good time upstairs, so it's like she's kind of like carrying over from that. Yeah. Um, and two also then tries to pretend that he's sick, um, but then they end up having sex in the living room. Um, and this was where I was like, what if the kids wake up? And like the kids don't matter in this movie. (laughs) No, they really don't. Um, and then after they have sex, like a big rainstorm starts happening and Laura and Laura says to two, would you mind going out and making sure that the windows to the car are closed? And two's like, okay, cool, fine. When two walks out of the house, four walks in, (laughs) I'm not sure I guess because no one is watching him. Yeah, so no one's watching in. him, and I think they because they're out of food again. He's like going in to get food. Oh yeah, food. yeah, that's yeah, that's right. And so then four walks in. He's drenched. Laura is still downstairs, and she, for some reason, immediately regrets having asked her husband to go out to close the card i i don't that she's She's weird constantly apologizing to this yeah and now she's treating him like an actual baby yeah i mean oh you've gotten wet let me help you get out of those wet clothes like and i'm like what the fuck is that what he can't (laughs) get dry clothes himself like yeah i'd be like i sent you out in the rain you got wet deal with it yeah (laughs) maybe we're bitches (laughs) who's to say um so then she takes four up to the bathroom starts taking his clothes off to dry him off they have sex now wouldn't she i'm sorry i two three their personalities are like enough the same fine the four guy like and i grant granted maybe he doesn't talk but like he doesn't talk much in this. He part. is legitimately like not. He is like a like neurologically different than her husband. Yes, <laughs> correct. Yes, and, and that was a very good way of describing. It. Thank you. Like, how does she not notice that? And I would also, think she would notice that more than someone who was a virgin. Yes, yes, I I agree with you on that. <laughs> and then the other thing I'll say is they've just had very intense sex twice. It's also written by a man. <laughs> like, and and it's like, now this guy can have sex again. Because I think that's what drives it, is that he gets a boner. And you. she's like, oh. And then again, that she's like, just by virtue of the fact that he's aroused, she's like, I guess we should have sex. It's I'm like, written it's a, by no. a man. <laughs> just because he gets a boner, he can like deal with that himself. He's just kind of, I mean, I don't know. Like, for all we know, they've had a real dry spell in their marriage because they've been having Maybe, I feel like that we are supposed to, problems. I feel like we are supposed to kind of think that. I do feel like we are. I don't know. I mean, it's the only way I can legitimize her side of this yeah, <laughs> to some extent. I'm like, I don't under... What? Yeah, it seems um, wild. So that all happens. Um, meanwhile... Doug has arrived in Catalina with this, you know, pair of people who are, like, assisting him. And he he has, like, what is supposed to be this, like, realization moment, the crux of the movie, 
And it's really not much of a realization, <laughs> to be honest. He's like, I'm not good at sailing. That is actually his first realization, not the more important one, which is I need to make, like, be more present in my life. And it's like, okay. Nope, I'm not good at sailing. Because I'm like, no, man, you don't need to be more present in, present in your life. You need to be less selfish. Like, yeah. that is what you need to see. Why can't you see this? Um, so anyway, next day comes. Doug is still coming back from Catalina. Two, unfortunately, has gotten a fever from having been out in the rain for three seconds. Um, not sure how that works. Uh, so three calls into work to say, I can't come in, but there's this big inspection thing that has to happen. So three's like, okay, I'll go into work as though I'm two. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a terrible job pretending to be two. Uh, he can't answer any of the questions related to the job site or construction or anything. And this, again, I was very confused by because three is supposed to have Doug's knowledge of construction. That was, yeah, I, I, you know, now I didn't think about it much as I was watching because I missed some stuff. But now with all the explanations of how they have the same memories up to that point, why does he literally know nothing? He can, like, I can appreciate that, like, specific decisions about that job he might not know because he wasn't there for them to make the decisions. But he doesn't even seem to have a basic understanding of things that a contractor would know. Um, Yeah, it's wild. And I was like, what the fuck is this about? Like, you've set, like, not referring to rules one and two of the movie that Doug means. I mean the rules of the movie in this world that it's created. I'm like, you already said, you said that they have the same memories up to the very moment that they're cloned. And last I checked, three was cloned from original Doug. So that means he's got original Doug's knowledge of construction. Correct. So what the fuck happened? Yep. You know, I guess he was just too gay to know (laughs) about construction. I think that is what it was. Which is (sighs) not great. I don't like it. Um... So needless to say, three gets fired because he doesn't know anything. Um, Meanwhile, back at the house, two goes into the main house again. Now he's looking for medicine because he's not feeling well. In the process of that, Laura comes home, finds finds what she believes to be her husband homesick, and she's really pissed off because she has rearranged her work day so that he could go to the inspection that was scheduled for that day. And this is another one I don't understand because two was doing all the work things. Doug would have never asked her to rearrange anything. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, I guess it makes sense because in the story we need to, now we're building toward the, the main conflict. Yeah. Because... So Laura's pissed, then she goes outside, she finds four in the garage, and four is doing some sort of nonsense, I don't even know what. (laughs) And this is when um, Laura 
finally, like, talks to Four, like, how she should have been talking to Doug, though admittedly, on in her sake, she doesn't know that there's only, that there isn't just Doug. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you know, all these things are going wrong. I don't know what's going on with you. You seem really, like, messed up in some way that I'm not sure what's, like, what to do. Um, and, she, like, you know, I'm not even sure if you still love me anymore. And Four has his back to her the whole time. Um, he doesn't engage in the conversation. So Laura um, runs away angry. Um, so late, presumably this is all happening on the same day. So later that day, Doug comes home. He finds all of the clones in the main house. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? And they're like, Laura left you, bud. Um, (laughs) so it's cool for us to hang out here because the kids and your wife are no longer here. Um, and he's like, what the fuck? Like what happened? What did you do? You know, of course, blaming other people. Um, and they explain the ins and outs of the previous, I guess, 24 to 48 hours or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, including they reveal that all four of, or all three of them had sex with Laura. Um, and so Doug is really angry and he's like, you guys destroyed my life. And then finally, Two is like, no, man, you destroyed your own life. Like, we didn't do anything. Um, so later, Doug is sitting at the table with Four, and Four starts talking about this conversation that he had with Laura. And Doug is like, tell me more about it. But because Four is neurologically distinct, uh, he can't really tell Doug much about this conversation but what he does reveal is that Laura has said that Doug never fixes anything um and Mm. specifically that it's related to the house yep um which I had wondered this whole time I was like what's the deal like it does look like pretty shitty the whole time um so then Doug like you can see the little light bulb go off over his head practically. Um, So Doug decides that he's going to use his clones for even more free labor um, and that they're finally going to do all the various repairs to the house that he had been promising Laura, presumably for years, that he was going to do. Yeah. Um, We get another final little vignette with... Eugene Levy, where he shows up to do the driveway and he's using a jackhammer in a funny way. (laughs) Um, I also like that, like, his character, like, comes to the back and sees all the clones and, like, doesn't react. Yeah. At all. He's just like, cool, dude. Point me to the jackhammer. (laughs) Um, And so then... In the, in the, I will say I love a montage, uh, like a makeover improvement montage. And this has a lot of that. Yeah, I do like that. To it. Um, and then within the montage, there's a moment that I think is meant for us as the viewer to make it okay that Doug and the clones have deceived his wife about who she slept with. Oh, yeah. And the, And the part of this is, is that there's a moment where Doug is talking to three. Yeah. 
And he says to three, like, do you think that Laura, like, likes you better? Or even loves you, not me? And three is like, no, man. Like, Laura loves you, and and I'm you. Yep. So, so I think, well, like, because to me, that little interchange felt superfluous. Yep. But it was there to make us feel better about the ethical problem of her having slept with three people that she didn't know she was sleeping with. Yeah, but it wasn't her fault. No, I'm not suggesting that it was her fault. Just the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's uncool. She made decisions yeah. under one impression correct. that wasn't true. Correct, correct. And, and that is bad. And it's bad because her husband and his clones all deceived her and they never told her about it. Yeah, not good. So my feeling is that this little scene is meant to make us feel like it's fine because the clones are all him. So she, that didn't happen. That ethical yeah. quandary isn't real, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why that's there. So some amount of time passes. Doug then comes to Laura's parents' house where Laura has taken their children. And he asks her to, he's like, I get it if you really do want to 100% leave me. It's okay. But I just really want you to come with me now to the house. I have something to show you. And for whatever reason... She agrees. <laughs> She's and very forgiving. I'll give her that. Like, maybe I don't to even a fault. Know. Like, definitely. There's there's psychological damage <laughs> on her side. Um, so anyway, uh, they come to the house, and what? It, this, if you can try and describe what this like revamped Ooh. house looked like, if you remember. I. I don't really know, like, specifics. It looked like it got, like, a facelift, and it was very, like, cottagey. I don't, like, yeah. I don't know where they're supposed to live. It, it gives me kind of Portland, like, uh, Pacific Northwest vibes, but I think they were supposed to be in like California. I feel like the opening, yeah, the opening credits, I think, but maybe like telling Northern us they were California. in Los Angeles oh, really? or something. Because uh, I, I got, like, Northern sure. California vibes. But anyway, um, it's very, like, cottagey. That's kind of how I would describe yeah. it. Like, yeah. But nice. I mean, it's perfectly nice. I mean, to me, what was funny is, like, the makeover of the house. Like, admittedly, it looked very old and shabby before. And then it looked nicer after. But the nicer after, to me, was so 1996. Yes, it was. Because it was, like... Yeah, as you say, cottagey. So, like, the drapes were, like, shabby chic, yeah. like, floral pattern, Lots ruffle. of pattern. It was also yeah, quite and like, feminine. <laughs> yes, and I also wrote um, in my descriptions, I was like, too much dusty rose color. Yeah. You know that color I'm talking about. Yeah, for like, sure. Um, which was very popular. Like, that, I was like, all of this and totally green, checks out. Like green. It's like that and, green um, and dusty rose. Yes, and then also, like, the kitchen had been redone where all the cabinetry was, like, light wood yep. but rustic-looking. Yep. Um, so it was very of that 
design yeah. moment. There was not a there was not white a big white kitchen in sight, which no. is what it would be now. No. This was not like a Nancy Myers film where yeah. everything was like beautifully minimalist and like, you know, no, no, no. This was like over the top. Um it actually kind of gave me vibes of like the way the house in Home Alone is decorated sure. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but which would make sense. Um but she's very pleased and I basically it's like everything's fine now. Yeah, he did the house. That's all he had to do. Yeah, that's all he had to do. Um, Doug does say that he's going to open his own contracting business so that he'll have more time. So that's like a cute way of saying I was fired without <laughs> saying that yeah. you were fired. For real. Um, and I guess they, I think I remember them also saying something about or him saying, like, we're going to be, like, better partner. Like, we're in this together and we'll, like, do something. Some brief well, nod that... to how women might also care about having agency or something. <laughs> it was, like, a brief nod to feminism. Like, yeah. yes, we're in it together. Um, because I've been acting like a misogynistic bore this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, everything's fine, apparently. Um... Yeah. And then I think this must be the next day. We first see Laura and the kids go off to school in the morning. And then we're in the driveway of the new house. Well, not well, just the newly refurbished house. And two, three, and four are heading out together to find their fortunes out on the road. Um, and I was like, so like, but... How, though? What identities are you going to have? Yeah. What social security numbers are you going to use? Like, they started a whole damn business. They did. Um, so then, basically, Doug is like, thanks, you helped me realize my problems. I'm like, no, they didn't. Yeah, I- you still have the same problem. You didn't actually... You you finished one project. Yeah. You didn't actually work, you didn't have the right realization. The right realization is that you are selfish. Not that you don't finish things you start. Yeah. That's not the point of this movie. No. No. Um, You are selfish and life is not always fun. That's the lesson. (laughs) Um, So they pull out and then the three of them pull up alongside Laura's car and she has this weird moment of like looking at them and the kid's like, what's that mommy? And she's like, oh, you know, like when you really love someone, you think you see them everywhere. And I was like, good one. No, I don't think that's a saying. That is not a saying (laughs) I'm familiar with. I mean, Um, maybe you might be like, oh, this and that reminds me of someone or this action reminds me of someone, but you don't like see people's faces and like you don't see other people superimpose. You don't. Yeah. You don't see three people in a car and see like your significant other as all of those people. Like that is that's like no. a mental disorder. <laughs> yes. Well, there isn't. Isn't there that actual mental disorder which is when you can't see anybody's face and it's all just like a blur. Yeah, but what I feel that? that's called, like face blindness or something. Yeah, we talked about it in some movie. I feel like or in some show. I th- yes, I think some of our people. Oh, it's in. My hollow love. She oh, can't yeah. see people's faces. Yeah, that's and there's right. another one where you, you like your faces get messed up and you think everyone's an imposter. That's also a thing. Oh right. Like, yeah. But yeah. but it's not like you. Not that I'm. I'm not aware that this disorder exists like this. That you like 
put somebody's face on another face and like just see like if the if every other person I saw they all looked like Isaac like that I that would be concerning. Yeah, <laughs> and like and I've definitely had the thing where when you're in a new place like when I went off to college for the first maybe few weeks, I kept thinking I saw people I went to high school with, like walking on campus. Um, but that was that's just because my brain was like trying to take information from a familiar situation and apply it sure. to a new one, right? But it wasn't like it was like the person I loved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that person's face. And it wasn't like there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was their way to it was their way to Yeah. It was their way to end this movie without like her going back home being like, What the fuck? I we're, just saw three we're guys getting divorced. <laughs> like I just saw three guys who look like you. What's happening? <laughs> Marriage over. <laughs> Goodbye. Um but then to really, again, to remind us that this is a comedy film and to get the audience to not think about the various problematic things we've just pointed to, <laughs> the final scene is that these three guys, who I guess maybe are pretending that they're brothers, um, have opened a pizza restaurant in Miami. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and to me, the phrase... Pizza restaurant in Miami is like yeah, that's a weird oh, choice. That you know what? That's a choice that three clones would make because for sure. <laughs> like, first of all, they drove from California, so we're saying they're in California, California. Right. To, well, they say they're going on like a road trip, and that they they say that. I mean, that's fine that they go to Miami. Like, I mean, it is believable. You can drive across country, of course, but if your goal. I just think a pizza restaurant in Miami is a strange choice because it's a weird choice. I feel like yes. a pizza I restaurant mean, in Chicago makes perfect sense. A pizza restaurant yeah. in New York. I mean, I know that's probably the market is a little bit cornered in those two places, but like pe- people in Miami don't eat pizza, I don't think. Well, sure. I mean, you need a pizza <laughs> you need pizza in every part of this nation or art society will crumble even more they, than I'm it truly already like has. not even kidding when I say I don't um, know if they eat pizza in Miami I just I just yeah you're right I just don't see that as like the business venture no for that area like you should get in shop or like surf shop or like um tiki bar yes yes or you know and like was there ever any Cuban sandwich place like and was there any know. indication throughout the movie that they were super good at making pizza or had like some type Not, of business? No, like, no. I think I think the point was that we we did get hints throughout the movie that three was actually very good at cooking. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah, then, and he of is course, the one cooking. Four, four loved pizza. Oh right, right. Duh. So okay. I guess. All right, fine. Whatever. I guess that's the reason. I just feel like Miami is <laughs> a weird know. choice for that, but. I agree. I, I like. I don't disagree that Miami's a, a place that makes sense for them to go, like because yeah. it seems very Florida for a bunch of clones to go and open a business. Yes, because and also, <laughs> I guess I'll keep it to myself. And like be but like and be like forty five year olds on the prowl for women. Like all of that like seems very Florida white, to me. Forty five year olds, one of which is like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yep. it's pretty Florida. I guess you're right. 
But the pizza restaurant the pizza part restaurant part throws me of off. A, that's what the stretch is that, in this movie. Yep, that's the stretch. I believed it all up until that scene. I was on board, and then I was like, "What the fuck? Nope, you lost me on the pizza restaurant." Yeah. Um. So, sh- are we ready to go to yawns? And I think rolls? so. Okay. So for yawns, one yawn being like this was scintillating. Oh my god! And I. <laughs> was super engaged the whole time. And Tenyon's being like, wowie wow, I really couldn't bring myself to pay attention to this. What would you give it? Hmm. Well, if I'm being like completely honest, it did take me two sittings to finish it because it is too long in my opinion. It is what is it? Like one forty? No, it's two hours. It's two hours. It's one fifty seven. Yeah. Oh my god! Too long. It's half an hour too long. So, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four, just because I think it's a little fifty-seven. Yikes! I think it's a little long. So, and I had my moment. So four. Okay, Um, that's wild. I'm gonna have to say a bit lower (laughs) because I didn't realize it was that long. It flew by for Um, you. (laughs) It did kind of. Maybe that was just my rage carrying me through. Mm. so, or, or again, like we said at top, like the execution was really good. It's true. I, I, so like, that, I don't get me wrong. I it still found it enjoyable, but I did like need a couple sits to watch it. Sure, <laughs> sure. So I think I'll say three because I Fair. can't give it a two because like two is like just a little bit of room for improvement. Yeah, I I think it's more than that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I don't. I wasn't as bored as you, so three it is. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. Eye rolls. Ooh, boy. Um, One eye roll is, uh, you know, it's no crazier than anything else we've watched (laughs) for this podcast. And ten eye rolls is like, I really could not buy into any of this. What would you give me? That's tough. And that scale is a little tough because it really isn't any crazier than anything we've ever watched. That is a fact. That's true. But the thing that's funny about this movie is the eye roll part for me, as I think we've probably made clear at this point, is not the cloning. Although that is like problematic in its own way. That should be part of it. (laughs) But that part like I was like kind of cool with. I was on board for. And the part that I liked as a kid and remember liking as a kid was, oh, there's like these four guys. It's all the same guy. That's the joke. So that part I like. And I mean, it does remain to me the coolest acting part absolutely absolutely and I'm like on board for the cloning part the part that made me roll my eyes was all the misogyny stuff and his actual like character so I think like because of that reason almost alone I'm gonna say seven yeah yeah I think I agree with you because I don't know how to put this <laughs> exactly, but like, if you if you if you correct for nineteen ninety six was twenty five years ago, yeah. Which, first of all, rude, um, <laughs> very rude. But so twenty five years ago, you think about like misogyny and like how people were, and I I wish we had made more progress in those twenty five years than we did, but we still have made quite a bit. And some of the shit that was portrayed in this, 
even for the time. And I know, like, maybe that was the point of it, was to make it be kind of extreme. Uh, really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. And I was just like... Yeah, I, it was irritating. I, I really don't know how this all happened. And what, <laughs> as you kept saying throughout the whole thing, everybody involved in the decision-making was men. Yes. Um, and so... That was, like, pretty obvious, and it manifested in different ways. Um, but, yeah, the clone part actually isn't the hardest pill to swallow. It really isn't, because they all. do brush over it so quickly. Like, they yeah. do, there's, like, we're not given time to, like, right. question it. And, yeah, and the thing is, is, like, the clone part is only there for the comedy, yes. kind of. Like... Um, this isn't like other movies where, that are more traditionally sci-fi where it's like, we're taught, the clones is the thing. Yes. That's the whole point. Yes. And we're talking about the ethics and we're looking at the scenarios and like, that's what we're doing. Yes. Um, this is like, no, no, no. The clones are just a vehicle for this kind of For us to gimmicky. have for Michael Keaton yeah. in a room. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's the thing that's kind of a weird one about this or not weird but like it just goes to show how much like having good execution around a very kind of weird gimmick can how far it can go oh yeah it's like this was a super gimmick this was it could have been way like, cheesier like it could have been way yeah. worse i'll say that yeah for sure and because specifically i mean like everyone like i said everyone is doing great in terms of their acting for sure um, but, like, Michael Keaton in particular really does a very good job of not only making all of the clones distinct from the original Doug, mm -hmm. but also, to the, to the extent that you're capable in the context of this story, he really develops them as characters, so we see, like, growth in all of them, and, like, and not just, not growth maybe per se, but, like, the personalities of each one start to be more fully realized yeah. as the movie goes along, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a lesser actor, a I lot think of people wouldn't have been able to pull that it off. Would have I don't gone think. wrong. Yeah, yeah, that would have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'd like to see Meryl Streep in this role, though. I will say that. <laughs> I, think I know how we can would make this a gender it. switch. Have Meryl Streep in it. I think she will be <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I'm sure there's some way to get Meryl Streep to play multiples oh, of herself. Fuck. Oh my god! Uh, I would love would that. Be, but it would have to be like serious. I'd want to be it. Yeah, it to would be, be serious, serious somehow. She could be the next um, Sybil. Mm, intriguing. <laughs> um, so anyway, to round everything out. Uh, did you like this and would you recommend it? Yeah. Uh, all the stuff we said. To both? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I okay. would. Yeah. I wouldn't be embarrassed to recommend it. Whether it was someone's, someone's jam or not, I would be like, if they were like, wow, you recommended that movie or like, I'd be like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I stand by it. Um, I was. It's not nearly as embarrassing as some of the yeah, other. Yeah, I wouldn't be embarrassed. I I wouldn't be like you're gonna. This is gonna be your favorite movie of all time. But no, I, would I think not I think it's that. very. It's enjoyable if you if you can if you can, <laughs> if you can just like push past the some of the misogyny stuff and some of that stuff that gets 
irritating. Like it's it's an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I I think that. I think I probably, I think I might recommend it. I'm not sure that I liked it. Um, because, because of the misogyny yeah, it's a little aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that like. But I would always support Andy McDowell. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what I would say is she isn't like a total like pushover in this. Yeah. And she, you know, so like, it's not totally unwatchable in that sense. <laughs> but what I would say is like. You know, there are many another 90s family comedy where the lesson learned is better shown and is of similar quality in terms of fun and laughs and whatever. And so in that sense, that's why I'm like, I might recommend it, but I didn't like it. That's fair. You know? Yeah. I could, I, if, you, so. if you want to go down the rabbit hole of me recommending 90s movies, I can go in. <laughs> Yes. Uh, please don't start I'm with not. monkey trouble. Oh please yeah, that's don't number start one. Pocus <laughs> Pocus is um, number two. Yeah, but like no, to me, like if if we're thinking about movies of this era that are about family and like messages and like a dad learning something, obviously the best one is Mrs. Doubtfire. That's what I was gonna say obviously. if we're going down that route. Yeah. Um still like problematic in ways. It's got but, its problems for um, sure. But definitely more kind of I don't know if I'm think that that's kind of to me the obvious comparison film yeah kind of um and I think that one's better and therefore I like it more because I feel like a real lesson is learned yes rather than whatever this was yes so thank you Amy for talking for so long about <laughs> multiplicity with me I am Sarah thank you everyone for listening to us today and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.